This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders. In addition, I've written a book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are and you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. The paperback and ebook versions are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, and for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your every day. Without further ado, our guest this week, there are multiple ways to have a career journey in the sports field. Our next guest has been one that has built a great brand and name for himself on the team side and then ventured to the vendor side and has taken an innovative company to the next level. I'm excited to have our next guest, Brian Baslow, Chief Executive Officer of Concierge Live. Brian, welcome to the show. Travis, thanks for having me. Brian, it's great. Very excited to have you on here and be able to dive into your illustrious career and I know you and I talked before and certainly during about both of our transitions from the team and league side into that vendor tech space. So let's start there. You know, you had spent 15 plus years on the team side, which we'll certainly get into today. And then you made the transition to first NFL on location experiences and then now on to what you're doing now with Concierge Live. So why did you make that move the first time around? Yeah, it's a great question. Listen, I, I had a, an amazing experience on the team side. I I learned how to sell. I learned how to manage a team. I learned how to run a business at scale. Um, I got to be in sports on the team side, which is great, and learn from great people. Um, but listen, 13 or 14 years of doing the same thing, particularly in, in this age, is, is a long time. Yep. Um, and I think as I got a little bit older, I started to get a little bit more probably of an entrepreneurial edge uh, that was interesting. And I also, I, you know, I just want to expand my network. I mean, I, I lived in the NBA and NHL universe for a long time, met some great people. But life is a long time, man, you know, and there's a lot of people to meet in the space. So those were two of the things driving me the most. And, and what was attractive, and you mentioned one of the first steps was, was NFL on location. Not only is it great product and great leadership, but it was owned by two private equity firms um, and owned by three people I really, you know, I knew about at a high level, didn't know that well, though, and John Collins, um, George Pine, and, and Jerry Cardinal. And, and being able to be exposed to this hybrid of the business I knew but also this fast-growing private equity activity in sports 
that part was really interesting. And then three great leaders who, listen, if I could learn anything from them and be in their orbit, I was, I was going to take that chance. Yeah. So as you, as you joined NFL on location, like what, what was a glimpse of kind of your day to day and what did your role entail? Yeah. I, uh, it was an interesting day to day. So, so at its core, listen, I, I was responsible for running the sales department. And I, I think that the legacy of, NFL on location was definitely sort of evolving when I got there. Um, they were growing in their in the amount of inventory they had and the size of their business. So the, the first thing was really just restarting a staff uh, of people that were familiar in my network and kind of evolving their sales approach to more of the way that was done in, in the NBA and the NHL and, and how you and I were, were familiar with things. Um, and then secondly, I, I think my second phase there was also – we started aggregating a lot of businesses. Um, one of them was our biggest, uh, was one of our biggest competitors in prime sport. And really with the leadership team synergizing what was seven individual mature businesses into one cohesive business was a, a project. And, and that, that was probably half of my time. Nice. Absolutely. It's certainly a great experience. And, and then on to Concierge Live, which we'll dive into. And before getting to that, you know, I think that the obvious question that I certainly get a lot, and I know you get a lot, what do you miss most about the team side? Yeah, I mean, the, the easy one, Travis, and I, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one, is just the, the camaraderie of being on a team. I mean, you know, at, at some points, I had a pretty big staff uh, at Barclays Center and the Brooklyn Nets. I had 150 people. And, and you know, my 20s and my 30s, that, that was my family. Yep. As much as anything else. And I spent really, a lot of time with them. I, I really, really miss that part. Um, and then, Travis, the other thing I really miss is being around brand new young people in the business. And that's really for two reasons. One is I, I get a lot of personal fulfillment out of people that have just starting out in the business and, and helping them sort of get involved and frame their careers and helping them on that, that first couple of steps. I found probably the most fulfilling part. And also the second thing, man, as I get older um, and I get more and more removed from the front lines, I found myself learning a lot more uh, from the youngest people. I think, you know, sales approach and the modernization of our business happens at that younger level. And, you know, I'd be learning as much from them as, as they were from me. And, and I miss that part being more sort of the owner of a small business than being part of this multi-layer organization. No, absolutely. Always be willing to evolve and be open to learning and coachable, you know, no matter what role you're in. And so, you know, Brian, you work with the NFL and location experience, have a great experience there over a couple of years. And that really helped kind of catapult you to doing your own thing where you ultimately became a partner and lead operator for Concierge Live. So, you know, coming into Concierge Live, they've been in business about 10 years. You come on board. So what did you see out of that company as, as you came on a part of that partnership? Yeah, listen, it was a great opportunity and good timing for my personal career. Again, I, I was trying to get a little bit on, more entrepreneurial. I was probably ready to either start my own business or buy into a business and, and run it on a day-to-day -day basis. And it was really a good fit. One, it's an incredible product. Um, and, some, you know, there, there are a couple of these corporate ticket management uh, companies and software platforms, and it's one of the leading companies. And, and it, was some, it, was a, it was a space I was familiar with. Uh, the product was great, but most importantly, trust it was the people. Listen, if I'm going to get into owning a business for the first time, I want to get into business with the people I really trust and I think are really smart and I think are thought leaders in the space. Uh, and that's what really attracted me to, to the opportunity I'm in now. 
Nice. And so Concierge Live for the listeners, it's a corporate ticket management application committed to saving time and money when it comes to brands ticket management needs. So Brian, from your end, what does your staff look like and, and what does a day in the life of Brian consist of? <laughs> a day in the life of Brian. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, well, our staff, we have 15 people uh, and that runs the gamut from our technology team to our sales team, our marketing team, our service team, and, and some general administration. I mean, my day in life, and, and it's interesting, uh, you know, I guess at, at 39, my day has not changed that much from when I was, when I really started the business. I'm doing a lot of, of my time on business development um, and, and, and really reaching out to brand partners in the space and teams in the space. And really, you know, one of the things I really try to do is I really try to bookend my days. Um, I spend at least the first quarter of every single day early in the morning on business development and then late at night in business development. Cause I think busy people, they're just, they're not going to respond to me in the middle of the day. They're already gone. Um, so I spend a lot of time there. And then in the middle of the day, I do whatever catch up work or meet up with my leadership team. Um, and any sort of business planning gets done kind of on the weekend. That's kind of the cycle yep. I try to do until God knows what fire comes my way. You know, you yeah. mentioned on the on the podcast here on Fifty Two Weeks Hustle a couple of times about you know having a passion for entrepreneurship and you know diving into that. And so, but a lot of that you learn from the team side, and we'll certainly get into your career path on the team side. You actually are spending a lot of time, as you mentioned, talking to brands and teams. And so, how did your experience in B two B sales when you're back on the team side really help handle what that sales process is now? I mean, it's, it's everything. It's everything. And I really, really credit, um, and I'm talking about more in this conversation, but my first experience with the Cleveland Cavaliers under Mike Andreco and Chad Estes and, and by extension, Len Kamarasi, what I learned in those first 18 months is truly invaluable, um, particularly as it relates to learning sales. Listen, man, we're not just winging it. We're not just, the, this is not, I, I tell sort of younger people, it's not, we're not just like playing Jerry Maguire and, right. you know, throwing out, show me the money kind of conversations. There's a real strategy to it. And I'm, I'm a talkative person, but when I'm in a sales conversation, you know, I got to really be disciplined about listening and asking questions and trying to figure out pain points for customers and trying to be a solution for them. And again, those are things that were like literally ingrained in me when I was 21 years old. And for more or less, it's the same sales pitch that I used 18 years ago that I'm using now, it's a, for a different product. I'm trying to identify uh, different pain points that we're solving, but it's the same thing. Yeah, you're still doing the X's and O's of assessing and, and, and providing that thought-provoking idea and that value proposition. And you know, Now you've been on the vendor space for several years. What are some of the biggest surprises you've seen kind of sitting in that chair? It's a great question. It's a great question. So, you know, the main and I wouldn't even call it a surprise. It's just I continue to be impressed both on the team side, the league side, and then even the brand partnership side. Just the amount of thought leadership and how fast the evolution is in our space. And I'm just, I'm really, really impressed with it. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm intellectually excited by it, of just trying to keep up um, and seeing how we as Concierge Live can keep up with that pace and maybe be thought leaders ourselves um, to help bring value to our partners. And your point on thought leaders, you know, Brian, you've always been one that I've respected is you're always willing to take risk and knowing that they're very calculated risk. And you've also been super innovative, both on the team side and certainly now in the entrepreneur background of the last couple of years. 
What advice do you have for the listeners out there that may help them be more innovative in what they're doing on a consistent basis and be willing to put themselves in that kind of uncomfortable zone in the selling environment? It's a great question, Travis. You know, one thing I would say is your career path um, and life is just longer than you think. Um, and I, I, I think if you look at things in that perspective and life is a journey and listen, it's even the, the most successful people we look at behind the curtain, they fail sometimes too. And I think if you strip away that, that fear of failure, it allows you to take some risks in your career. Um, and I think, you know, if, if all of us, and, and I, I, whether you put, whether I put myself in this category or not, whatever the people at the top of the industry, if everybody knew, Hey, they had some bumps in the road too. It would, again, it would embolden you to really take risks in your own career, which I would highly recommend because the other thing, Travis, is like, you know, gone are the days where just people are at one team or one league for 25 years and they had one job their entire life. Right. I, I would look, you know, if I was just starting my career now and I wish I kind of had this advice now, I would, Hey, I'm going to have five to 10 jobs between now and the end of my career. Um, and some are going to be amazing experiences and some are going to be transitional experiences, but it's all part of the journey of learning things along the way. Again, you could take these smart risks and not worry about, Hey, I'm, I see this one person who's the CEO of a team. I just want to get there. I want to follow exactly the same formula because that's all I want to do. I think you're going to miss a lot with that kind of tunnel vision. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways, you know, on that career path end. And I guess one of the questions that, you know, I'll have to ask is, would you ever consider going back to a team? And, and I guess if that answer is if so, what, what would make it the right fit? What are you looking for? And what, and ultimately the advice you give listeners in that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm still in my thirties. Uh, so, so I don't make any proclamations about <laughs> anything, uh, at this time. And I'm, I'm really committed to the concierge life business right now. I, I really, think we're sitting on something great and I have a huge opportunity and my commitments to that and also and also to our partners listen we have over 200 clients and uh, I got I made a lot of promises we got to keep for those yeah exactly that, that being said in in the vein of life is a long time there are elements about the team team and property side that I miss again mostly camaraderie as I get older I think fulfillment is not just in money and an ego but who I surround myself with and by far the number one commodity would be hey who am I working with? Who am I working for? What is the mission that we're doing? Um, and if that kind of aligned with where I was at, sort of emotionally and, and intellectually, then I'd be down for that. It would literally be all about all about the people. It wouldn't be about the position or the title or anything. And that's great. And, and for those loyal listeners of 52 Weeks also, they've certainly heard that a lot. Is It, it comes down to people. You know, people are the ones that lead money and title and responsibility are the things that follow. And so finally, you know, on within Concierge Live and, and you've made that jump into that entrepreneur independent stage, what advice are you giving listeners that may consider at one point in time in their career, whether it's early on or later on, moving off the team side at, at some point into that kind of vendor tech space? Yeah, I, I would say this. I would say take risks. Um, again, life is a long time and, and there's a margin for error if it doesn't work out. The other thing is this, is depending on where you are in your, your, your career, your network and your relationships are really your core personal value. I wouldn't necessarily get that hung up as, you know, what's going to be the, the logo on my business card or what other people are going to think. Hey, what are your relationships? What your network? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's your network? How can you monetize those relationships? What's the power of them? That's how I, that's the, the lens with which I would look at those uh, decisions. Um, and again, I, I, I go back to this path of, I think there's, you know, it's, there's going to be puts and takes over a long career, um, particularly for young people though. Uh, the earlier you are, the easier it is to take those risks. I think you get in your, your forties and your fifties in the business um, whether it's for personal reasons or, or career reasons, it's a little harder to be like, ah, you know, I'm going to put on a hoodie and I'm going to be a, in, the, in the next, you know, tech savvy person in sports. I think if, if you're going to take a risk, you should do it early. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Brian Baslow, Chief Executive Officer, Concierge Live. Brian, going back to the beginning, you grew up in a small town near Utica, New York, go on to attend Duke University, the Blue Devils, to study economics. And, you know, I know your father was a salesperson growing up, but was there an early job that you had that may have led you down that sales path and even that sports path? Or did you really just go to become a Blue Devil and, and get into that finance world? Yeah, I'm going to take the latter on that one. I, I didn't know, I can't tell you I had some grand plan. I, I was, I was so excited to get into Duke. But most importantly, I just wanted to go to games at Cameron Indoor Stadium. <laughs> I heard they were free for students. There, there was no Sign plan. Me up. <laughs> there, there was no plan of, of some sort of professional sports career. So, um, no, man, I, I, I no. just want to get in. So as, as you go on to become a Blue Devil, um, and, and, you know, go to some sporting events, things like that, was there an internship you ultimately had that, you know, maybe solidified your career paths or more importantly, like, you know what, the finance world maybe isn't for me? 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up that way. It's 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 more the latter is that as well. I mean, listen, you, you know, a lot of the student body at Duke, it kind of filters out in a couple different industries, whether it's finance, uh, the medical industry, now the tech industry. Um, I had a couple of finance related uh, internships in New York City, and I loved it. And I'm, I'm very thankful for the experience. But but uh, intellectually, I was into it. I don't, I don't think emotionally I was into it. And And I think particularly by my junior and senior year, I really was interested in finding a path. How could I marry my passion for sports, which there was, you know, it, that was coming out of me. Of yep. I really wanted to be in sports versus just having a job. Um, and that's where I put the effort in, in, in really senior year is to find a path. It was not as easy 20 years ago. Right, right. Was there any uh, uh, internship or job, you know, specifically on your senior year that was like, all right, here it is. I got my passion and now I know my career path. No, I mean, the, the most passionate thing where it really, really clicked. And listen, I, I, I did a lot of sort of disconnected research um, of how to get in the sports industry. And then I ended up landing a job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's the one where it really clicked. My first year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, that's, it, it, it really was an affirmation that this is – I wasn't sure how to get in or once I got in, would I like it. And that first year, it really solidified. I've really surrounded myself. I have people I love. I'm in an industry I love. Cavaliers could have won a couple more games that year. <laughs> um, but that's when it really clicked of, you know, this really sings to, to my DNA. And we'll certainly dive into your Cleveland experience and your MBA experience. And I guess some advice for the listeners, if you went back to your college self, what would you have done differently or what would you, maybe you wish you would have done to help better prepare yourself, you know, for your kind of passion and what you're going to do career-wise? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I have kind of a life advice question to that, which is going back to my college self, I would tell my college self, hey, this is the only time in your life for a while where you can literally do anything. And I probably would have absorbed a larger variety of sort of educational things because I, I think in the aggregate, you know, I, I could kind of pick and choose a lot more things in my, in my repertoire. Um, that's what I would probably do. Also, and, and again, this is kind of adjacent to your question. Um, you know, I went to college in 99 to 2003, where I think there were very few sports management programs. Um, now, I mean, listen, if you're into sports and you want that to be your profession, I would really target those type of programs. Uh, because if I was a hiring manager now, I would really look at that. I think when I was a hire, when I was going through the process as an applicant, it wasn't as big a deal. Um, right. but, but, but much like, and I, and I learned this on both sides of the interview process, uh, I, people hiring managers in the sports industry don't want somebody that is just looking to get their foot in the door and learn about the space. They want to, they want people that will are really passionate and plan to be productive for you on day one. And I think, having one of these sports management degrees and, and some of the ancillary things that that really proves to them that you're serious about this. You're not just kind of info gathering. Makes sense. And Brian, you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, over the last couple of minutes, you've had a passion for sports and that's, you know, ultimately the Cavs solidified it, but you know, like many of us back in the day when we first started, we really had no idea this business existed and there wasn't a career path and certainly not podcasts like this explaining that. And I guess, <laughs> that's a, you know, a shameless plug, but, but you end up finding out, out about the NBA job fair and you meet some key mentors in this industry that are still your mentors. So tell us about that experience for you. Yeah, I, again, I was as I was doing my research, 
uh, I was able to sort of email and connect with a couple of people and, and I was directed to the NBA job fair. Didn't know 100% what I was getting into. And, you know, reflecting back 20 years later, it's incredible these little pivot points in your life that I, I you know, I put on a suit and I was ready to apply to these jobs, not knowing what I was doing. And I met people like Doug Dawson, Scott O'Neill, Chris Granger, Drew Cloud, Bill Sutton, Tom Glick, people who were somewhat unfamiliar names to me then that to this very day are people I look to for advice, for friendship, for business. Um, so, so, you know, that is kind of a long winded mosaic answer to that question, but um, you know, I would always be prepared wherever you're at and sort of the process of your career, kind of always be prepared and never know who you're going to meet because the people that have been most important to me in my career, I don't think I was always ready of like, today's the day you're going to meet the Messiah. Yeah. Um, you got to kind of always be ready and kind of have an open mind of where you're going to meet them and who they are. I think that's a key, right? The open mind. You never know who's going to be your next boss, who's going to be your next counterpart or peer or your next friend and mentor in this business. And so you, we've talked about you end up out of that job fair, meet a couple mentors. You start your illustrious career in Cleveland with the Cavs. And you've mentioned, you know, you spent a couple of years there selling that it solidified your career path. But I guess more importantly, what were some key learnings early on in your career that helped you be successful right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I, I keep going back to this. The inside sales training that you get when I was when, when I was starting, it was, you know, probably five to 10 teams that were really well known for for this really sophisticated training. Now it's pretty much any any team in any league does it very well. Um, but I'm just so thankful for a, you know, learning the the tactics of sales. Again, we're not just winging it. We're not just mimicking some movie. There's some real skills to it, and there's a there there are approaches that are proven over time. Hey, you you do things with this approach, you have a far better chance of success than others. And typically, as it relates to to the business development world, typically it's the the antithesis of what we think. You know, when, when you think of the meme of a salesman, it's this talking head that's, that's just captivating people in a boardroom. And really I tell when I manage people and I train, it's, Hey, if you come into, if, if you finish a meeting and you've done 20% of the talking and they've done 80% of the talking, that's a huge success. If, yep. if it's reversed, if you've done 80% of the talking and they've done 20% of the talking, that probably wasn't, that's a, you yeah, feel you good about issues. it. You feel good about it, but that wasn't a very successful meeting. So I'm very thankful for the academic tactics I learned. Cause again, I carry those in, in everything I do and like what, and it's not even just the business development I do. It's, you know, it's, it's all the internal management that I had to do when I had a big staff and I had peers with other big staffs. There's some internal management that you replicate those same skills, even some charity work I do. I mean, it is the exact same sort of skill set. The other thing, just to quickly, I, I mean, I'd be remiss. You know, the people I, the people that I worked with early on, again, in, in Mike Andreco and Chad Estes and Len Kamarowski, learning what leadership looks like, learning what good culture is. I didn't know then, and frankly, I didn't know that I was lucky to have been kind of born in a good culture. But now, uh, having navigated multiple companies, um, how lucky I was that my first blueprint was with, you know, with a really good team, with really good culture that was predicated on doing right by your employees and career development. I mean, now it's one of the number one things I tell young people is, is have your antennas up for that. 
and that's what you, exactly you should look for is that career development grow, grow, growth plan. And you know, then new leadership then goes to Brooklyn with the Nets, and, and that's where you ultimately, after a few years being successful in Cleveland, get into leadership, and you join them, you know, and you end up being with the team for 14-plus years. And so throughout your time, you held six different roles. You started as the director of ticket sales, worked your way up to the executive vice president and chief strategy officer of sales and service. And so what did you, Brian, do continuously – bring to the table that helped you advance so quickly into such high executive roles? Yeah. And, and that's very complimentary of you. Um, listen, the first thing is that there's just no replacement. H- hard work goes a long way. And you, I mean, it is the most important thing and you can't replace it. And I, I had a, had a very well accomplished uh, CEO and Brett Yormark and he's incredible. I learned a lot from him, but there, there was no uh, mailing it in with him. It required a lot of hours and a lot of hard work. So that I'm appreciative of. Um, in many cases, when I was in Brooklyn, I had active selling roles in addition to the managing I was doing. Um, and, and it was helpful, one, because I could still contribute to the bottom line. But two, because I was actively selling, when I was business planning, I really had a sense of what was going on on the front lines of these conversations and what resources we needed and what strategy we needed to be successful versus sort of trying to business plan from a removed sort of ivory tower position. Um, where you think you know what's going on. You know, I, 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 in hindsight, I, 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 it was very, very lucky to be able to be at that front lines. And then um, lastly, just canvassing friends. Listen, I, I think I had a lot of my own good ideas that we implemented in Brooklyn, but, you know, half of them were, you know, repurposed from really, really smart people. You know, the Jeff Ionellas of the world uh, who were doing amazing things at other, at other teams you know, you don't have to be the 100% author of every good idea. I mean, some humility of just someone beat you to it and implement it on your own. I, I think that's usually the formula for success. No, and I, I couldn't agree more, you know, in regards to the leadership as well, right? And for those leaders that are listening to this is whether you have a sales goal or not, you should always be selling. You should always be on the front line with your team members and truly understanding because to your point, it's going to help you with your business planning and your proactive and innovative future plannings as well. And, you know, Brian, as you're in Brooklyn, there are several additions to your responsibility throughout your time there. You're there for the move to, to Barclays Center, uh, which is an amazing venue. The name change from New Jersey Nets to Brooklyn, overseeing the operations of the New York Islanders of the NHL, the Long Island Nets of the NBA G League, and the NYCH Live, which is home of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, as well as a, an ownership change. And, you know, so with all of these properties, that workload continuous to increase you always talk you already talked about hard work and effort so how important was it for you in regards to efficiency and prioritizing some of these different tasks i mean it's it's the most the, the older you get it's the most important thing there's just a lot of stuff to do ultimately some days you get to a point where it just it literally cannot get all done um and so constantly refining you know what's most important what has to be done first um and and how much time you literally have to do is a really, really important skill. And, and Travis, I was, if I was going to be honest, it's probably the area of my game that continues to need the most refinement and probably will the rest of my life. Um, I think partly because, you know, we're all good at some things and some areas of improvement, that's probably mine. But the other thing is, again, that the more, the bigger the business you have, the more stuff going on. Um, and I think that element of, uh, not only efficiency and, and productivity, but also at some degree, you got to delegate. And, and I, you know, I'm innately a touch of a micromanager. I'm sure all the people I manage yeah, would never say that, is. but maybe I'll admit that. <laughs> of course not. And, uh, and, 
you know, at some point you got to trust other people to do some of this work. Um, and so, so, so those are the sort of three keys I'd say as you, as you continue to sort of move up the ranks. You know, throughout your experience there in Brooklyn, you know, going through many different verticals, you spent a lot of time with many different leaders and, and certainly owners as well. And so what is your advice to listeners to always be prepared to have high-level discussions and meetings, you know, again, whether it be an internal meeting with ownership and the executive team or high-level meetings with outside customers? It's a great question. I, I mean, the number one thing, and you already said it, one is be prepared. Uh, the second thing, which is probably more profound – just be really concise. The more successful someone is, typically the less time they have and the less interest they have in verbal clutter. So get to the point. Uh, be concise. I think you want to prioritize what you say. I think you want to be authentic, particularly high-level people. They're constantly getting pitched all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, and it's typically someone peddling something that, I don't know, they're just doing it because they have a job. Versus right. if you're really authentic and passionate about it, it, it kind of breaks through the clutter. Um, and then the way to thing- differentiate yourself for sure. A hundred percent. The last thing I would say is also, and it's a constant thing, ask questions. I mean, these people are really successful. They want to tell you in many cases how successful they are. And if, again, if they've talked for most of it and they've told you how successful they are, and then you get a little opportunity to tell you how, how can, you can help them even more, that's a successful meeting. Again, if you're just trying to like impress somebody and, and, and talk the whole time, you know, I, I don't think that kind of conversation is going to last more than that, more than that one impression. Yeah, and you know, a lot of these business owners and decision makers have been in business longer than we've even been alive. You know, they've been through the dog and pony show of salespeople calling on a job or it's because of their career and their passion. So you hit the nail on the head on that one. And yeah. back to, you know, go ahead. No, I mean, Charles, the one thing, and just like a literally a sales line, you know, I, I have had way more success in my career, particularly with high level people of, of, of starting a sales pitch like, hey, let me get your advice on something. Then, hey, let me tell you about something. Right. Uh, just pe- people want to talk about themselves, and you know what? Leverage that. Don't don't fight against it. Yeah, let them talk. You know, back to kind of your staff. You know, at one point in time in Brooklyn, you had 150 plus people. You have hired and trained and developed a lot of great people, and you, you see kind of your lineage and your career and tree. Why is it always important for you to give back and help? some of the next best superstars, you know, whether it was back in the Brooklyn days and actually hiring or now where you have a smaller staff, but I know you're still, you're handling calls from people who want to be successful in this world. Yeah, Travis, I just think, I think there's like, I guess I'll call it a, a kind of a generational honor to our business. Again, I go back to the point about people that I've met along the way, little pivot points and then people have had monstrous uh, impressions on my career, whether it's, you know, meeting, you know, Scott O'Neill early or whether it's you know, Fred Manjone, who I worked for the most in, in my career and spent so much time with me and has had such an influence on my own trajectory. Um, you know, sports is an industry where young people constantly want to get into. All of us, not one of us has done it on our own. We, we all got a lot of help along the way. And I, I just think, you know, there's some karma to, to being able to pay that forward um, and, and good things that happen. The, then there's a selfish reason. Again, I, I, you, me, and you look great for your age, brother, but we're all. I appreciate that. I don't feel, I feel old. <laughs> we're, we're, we're aging out of the front lines of where this business is really going. What, what transactional conversations sound like? What are the best strategies to kind of, do you remember, Travis, when you were 22 years old, how hard it was to break into somebody's office and, 
and how good you had to be versus now you're just kind of calling on friends trying to wiggle in. Right, exactly. It's like having exposure to those kind of people that don't have it. You know, they weren't, they're not on third base. You know, they're still in the batter's box, how much harder it is. I think the more exposure you have them and how they're trying to approach sales, the better, and you apply those to your own network, then, then you're really cooking with gas. Oh, absolutely. Brian, throughout your entire career, I mean, you, you've had a great journey, a, a lot of a lot of things going on in, in your world, you know, in the in the 15 years plus now the several years, you know, being on the vendor side, looking back, what's been your best memory during your career? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple of them. I mean, the first one is I, I, the, the project start to finish from Berkeley Center took over seven years there they're from from the inception of it to, to uh, the building of the project overlaying sales over the whole thing. And the last months and weeks of that project, I just, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep and I spent a lot of time in a construction site. And so to be there on opening night when Jay-Z um, opened that building in his own home city, I mean, it was incredible that night yeah. probably hadn't slept for, for a month, <laughs> you know, the, those, the combination of those two things just, just really sticks with me for a long time. So that was amazing. I'll, I'll add to that um, just because of the scale of it. Um, you know, working for NFL on location, the principal product being the Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl, uh, being on the field after the the Eagles beat the Patriots in in what was a very memorable Super Bowl, and just just being like, wow, you know, we we it's really lucky. I mean, the sports business day to day can be hard, and I think we take for granted what we get to do and what we get to be exposed to on a day to day basis. And we could all be selling copiers, right? Um, and and we get it. We get it pretty lucky. And the last one I'll, I'll admit is just I remember just having beers or having lunch with with it when I ran a big team. Again, that that was my family for a long time, and there maybe there's not one specific moment, but I just remember being like, "Hey, this is this is bigger than just a job." You know, in all three of those, it's like this is why you work in sports. You're going to put up with the grind, a lot of nights, a lot of weekends, a lot of late hours but it, it's truly worth it. So, Brian, this has been great, ton of great advice, certainly fun to hear your journey from both the team and vendor side. So to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. All right. If you could be a, a, have a superpower, what, what would you be and why? What would that superpower super, be? A superpower. I mean, the five-year-old version of me, I always wanted to fly. I literally used to try to, like, fly off the of stairs, which never ended well. So, so that would be one of them. A more practical version, man, I played a lot of hoops growing up. LeBron James, I don't know if he has a specific superpower, but whatever combination of skills he has is something I would love in my late age. Yeah, he's got something special. Going back to growing up there in, in around Utica, New York, what was your first car and what did you name it? I had a, uh, a Chrysler Concorde. It was a sedan that I think fit up to eight people wow. at one time. Uh, it like a did mini- not have a name. <laughs> yeah. It, it 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 did not have a name, and uh, it was probably so uncool that it did not deserve a name. So we'll, we'll uh, may it rest in peace. But boy, that thing was I was it had a huge interior. I'll tell you that. A lot of great memories. Well, and finally, if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicken tenders, and I almost did at Barclay Center for about two years. <laughs> two years straight, the chicken tenders. <laughs> It's awesome. To close it out, Brian, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, I'd say this. I'd say nothing substitutes hard work. And I think hard work trumps 
there are people with a lot of organic talent. And then there's some people who are just straight hustlers that the, the, the hard work will always trump what you think are your God-given skills. So just keep grinding. Um, I think always keep learning. I think it's even more important as you, as you get older in the business. I think it's easier to think that you have it all figured out. Um, but I think those people that are constantly trying to learn are always getting an edge. Um, and then most importantly, just surround yourself with good people. Um, if you do that and you surround yourself by good leaders, they'll show you the right path. And, and quite frankly, if you don't, uh, it's hard to get back on the right path um, if, if you veer off. So those are my three. Great advice. You couldn't agree more. It's, it's hustling and the hard work and effort. Always be open to learning and coachable no matter what role you're in. And, again, we talked about throughout the podcast, surrounding yourself with the right people. So, again, Brian, thank you so much. You've had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you, and I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you. It was so fun being on. Again, this is Travis Apple, and thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.